0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire podcast network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market.
1: and shop for anything outdoors. When you make a purchase from the Go Wild store, everything is free shipping. Anything that you purchase anywhere in the country, no matter how big, free shipping. So go down to the show notes, click on the Go Wild link at the bottom and get signed up today. And let's go wild. Today, on the journey. We're actually going to talk about... It's a short journey, but it's a journey nevertheless. Um, you know, this that's what this podcast is about, is, you know, being on a journey. And John Wooten once said, if you guys know who John Wooten is, um, he was a UCL, UCLA basketball coach that won more championships than anybody. And... You know, I listen to a lot of his stuff, but I was watching a TED Talk the other day, and um, this come up, and it kind of stuck out, stuck out to me. He said, "The life, life is about the journey, not the end. Because once you get to the end, there is no more journey. So you should be continually striving to do your best, or do our best, and be your best. So that's that's it the journey's the most exciting part of anything we do um, you know I kind of equate it like this when we talk about dog training and uh, I teach this I've said this in my classes a couple times that it's like being 15 year old and having a little girlfriend down the road and she calls you and she says hey hey, come over, my parents are gone, and you get on that bike, and, I mean, you just pedal, 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 and you're just doing all you can to get there. But once you get there, the excitement's done because you're there. Um, And in dog training, it kind of works the same way, but talking about the journey. So today we have a guest with us that we have crossed paths through uh, mutual friends, and y'all have heard us talk about it before. You know, it's such a blessing to be in the hunting community, and I've said it before, again, some of my best friends and some of my longtime friends have come from from hunting and people that I've met through hunting. So Brandon Mitchell is with us, and I met, I've met i met Brandon through some mutual friends, which will be Brent um, and Mark, and y'all have heard them on the podcast. And Brandon's from Morrell, which is mid-coast Maine, so he's up close around where Mark's at. And, you know, hearing Brandon's story, like, it kind of hits home, and why we decided to go this route uh, with this podcast today is because we've all had to start somewhere, and some of us are not as fortunate as others, and some some of us are very fortunate to have, you know, great people surrounding us and helping us and mentoring us. And you know Brandon now has that person in place, uh, actually a couple people, but I'm gonna let him tell his story. So Brandon, how's things up in Maine today?
0: Well, not too bad. It's starting to cool down a little bit, so got the uh, got the heavy jacket on again. It had been warm for a few days, so
1: now it's it's cool and what um,
0: starting to set in, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think last time we talked, so what is, so is deer season still in there? Uh, Yeah, there's two
0: weeks of muzzleloader season left.
1: Okay. That's it. And then the only thing that's left after that would be cat and coon, is that right? Yeah,
0: that's right. Uh, Cat comes in Thursday, I believe.
1: Thursday the 1st.
0: Yep, and uh, coon, that comes in the 1st of October, goes to the end of December.
1: But I bet you, you know, coon hunting I know we're gonna get into this in a little bit, but I bet you when, you know, coon hunting up there, like, if it's like it is here, most time January here is rough because the, the, the boars are rutting, they're traveling, um, they're not move I mean, they're they're moving a lot and the sows aren't moving. And cold weather, cold temperature, I I bet you're probably a month ahead of us. Are you getting that type of what's your hunting like in December up there for coon?
0: It's kinda of tough here all the time really. We don't have a huge coon population.
1: Um but
0: it's decent. Yeah, I I think the middle to end of December is when they start to rut. You know, the, as you described with the the uh sows laying up and the boars running all around.
1: And um, you know, something else that we had talked about before too is the, I can't see, my, and I've been to Maine, and I've hunted in Maine, and I've got some friends that hunt there, I mean, horse course, BB, and I've got another friend of mine in New York that goes up. Like, coon hunting is not a predominant sport or hunting activity in, in Maine, is it?
0: No, not at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, I bet you it's, you know, yeah. I mean, I I don't know the population of, of coon hunters in Maine, but I would say it's very sparse at best.
0: Yeah, I I don't know a ton of people that do it.
1: Right. Uh, I would say
0: probably coyote hunting with the hounds is the most popular. That and, and uh, rabbit
1: hunting with beagles. So even over bear hunting?
0: Yeah, With the hounds,
1: yeah, I, I think so. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Well, I mean, coyote, you know. I, go ahead. Yeah.
0: You can run coyote, you can run year-round here, so that helps.
1: Ah, uh, so there don't have to be a season end because is it because they're a predator?
0: Yeah, I would say so. It's just you can't hunt on Sunday in Maine, but that's the only time you can't run.
1: Uh huh. Oh well, it's Sundays. Yeah. So, Brandon, tell tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Just tell us who you are, what you do. Um, you know, just give us a little background on on you. Well,
0: I'm a 31 year old carpenter that got into dogs on my own. I uh, didn't have no family that has has had hounds to speak of, at least not in, in my lifetime. And I started out rabbit hunting with a friend and a and a cousin, I guess, that got a beagle in high school. So I started out there and then I guess ten, eleven years ago or so I got a one beagle and then Grew from there, started guiding some rabbit hunts here and there, hare technically, mm-hmm. but uh. So yeah, I did that for quite a while, and then I guess I got kind of bored of that and decided it'd be fun to chase some big game. So I, I got uh, got it in my head I was gonna get a dog, a hound. So I went and got two, not one, but two, six-month-old pups, to. I thought, go out and, you know, just catch some game quick with, well, it didn't happen that way. So (laughs) I hunted those for, oh, I'd say about a year on anything I could get them on really. And they never did do a ton. I actually sent them down to Brent after, uh, after their, their season here, I sent them to him to see if being hunted hard like that would help. Mm-hmm. And and they they did they did uh, go. I mean they they they'd run a bear, but it was they got uh, they got cut, and it was all over for them. They wouldn't go back.
1: Yeah. So let's let's so go that, before we go any further. Let's go back a little bit. So you said you sure. had beagles when you were in high school or young or young, uh, just young out, kid. Just out of high school. Okay. So had, you've yeah. only been you've only been running dogs and and i say dogs beagles and hounds for what 11 12 years
0: yeah i i did have uh english coonhound uh in high school that i attempted to coon hunt with but it was it was honestly more of a i cut the dog loose and i saw it again in a day or two um you know did tree a couple of coons with it here and there, but it was it was a a hard feat, not knowing anything about it. So, right, I would say ser- seriously into the dogs after I got the beagles is when I got serious about it.
1: Now, the English dog that you had was he a registered dog or just a mixed up dog, or do you not do you remember?
0: He he was registered. I can't remember his exact breeding, but he had a lot of hard time in him.
1: Hard time oh, spec. On. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. That's,
0: I mean, I had no idea what I had back at that time, you know? Right. So I knew, I knew nothing
1: about it. <laughs> well, I mean, but, if you were training a few yeah. coons, I mean, that's a that's a plus. Yeah. But obviously yeah. he was a go yonder dog if you was not seeing him for a couple yeah. Of days.
0: Yeah, he was, I didn't have any sort of tracking equipment or anything then, so. Uh, he was
1: yeah you know
0: he he treed
1: some cones it's kind of funny that you say that because you know like I said we're talking about the the journey and you know when I started um, I had I'm I'm with you I I started out with two two plot dogs that I had bought Um, they were supposed to been bear hounds Um, looking at it now that was definitely not the case they had one me too dog and for you guys that don't understand my language me too means he'd do anything your dogs are doing if they run and treat a bear he'd run and tree a bear if your dog's run a deer he'd run a deer but (laughs) we took him out we took him and tried to coon hunt him him and the other the i bought a pup it's probably six or eight months old and um i didn't have tracking collars either in fact um my great grandfather was a um, fox hunter and coon hunter and when he had passed away they give me his old wheat lights and that's what i used to hunt with and we carried we were carrying a a 20 gauge shotgun with us and we didn't have tracking collars and the same thing i mean I, i i had the same battles you did you know turn the dogs loose we tried like you know crazy to try to keep up with them and, you know, we would lose them. I'd lose them for two or three days. In fact, the young dog ended up getting hit um, down in the road. And my neighbor called me one more and said, hey, Heath, he said, I got your dog. I said, oh, okay, I'll be right over. And he's like, well, unfortunately, he's um, he's deceased. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they run a deer out of the country that day, that night, because they were way away from where we had turned loose. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, uh. It, it it we all start. I think we all start. It it took me a long time. I had to buy. I bought a collar first, one collar because I couldn't afford anything else. And I uh, I was bartering. If I would lose my dog, I would bar. I would go to a friend's house that lived about twenty five minutes away and borrow his tracking system so I could track my dog <laughs> that I had <laughs> lost. Oh man, I, I guess I really hadn't given that a thought in a long time, but. You know, you, you look around now and, you know, all the guys have these Garmins, you know, with the the, the TT-15s and T3, TT-5s and, you know, $250 a piece and a $500 tracking system. And, man, some of these dog boxes I see riding around, like, I mean, they're, you know, $1,000, $1, Um, dollars You know, the, the box that I have on my truck right now... I, me, and um, a a friend of mine built that box in 1998. We built that box in 1998, and I'm still, I still use the same box. And we built it. I didn't buy it. We, I bought the material, and he welded it, and we, you know, we done everything that way. But yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just kind of crazy to look back on uh, the things that we you used to do. And you, you know, you tell me that it kind of strikes a chord. It's like, yeah, man, I, I forgot about those days, but there was a lot <laughs> of them, a <laughs> the lot of them. So, all right. Then you got, <clears throat> you got two pups and they were, they were plot dogs. Is that what you told me?
0: Yeah, they were, they were great plots. Mm-hmm. They, they were nice, nice built little females, but they, they didn't turn out. I'm, maybe if someone had put more time on to him, they could have, but I was, I was ready to move on, I guess, from that point. Uh, Brent actually sent me up a real nice red bone to run with them mm-hmm. to try and get him going a little better. But um, she couldn't trail real good. So I mean, real, real nice dog, just not a, you know, not a start dog. So it, it didn't really work. So I, you know, I sent him back to her, but she was a, she was a nice dog for
1: sure. So I'm a, I'm there. you went from beagles. What, what struck your fancy to get it, to try to big game hunt? I mean, I know you live in a very good state, um, for bear hunting and cat hunting. What, but what, what drove you? Was there a friend? Was there, um, you know, did you hook up with somebody? How did, how did that, how did that happen?
0: i didn't i actually just since i was a kid i wanted i wanted some dogs to chase bears with since i was a kid i don't know why uh it's just always something i was interested in i did now and then i'd see a guy that would ride around with uh what i assume were bear dogs i'd see him ride you know ride by now and then with a the, you know six eight hounds head sticking out the side and I thought that was pretty cool. So I, at that point, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it at that point. I wouldn't have known how or anything. And so just something that's always been on the back of my mind. I, at one point I got, I didn't say I got bored with the beagles, but I was ready to try something different. So I, I, uh, decided to, to get a couple of hounds to try and run a big game with.
1: Well, and so tell, so start your journey there. What, what took place? Well, you got, you got a couple of dogs, um, you know, kind of, kind of walk us through, you know, how old were they? What was taking place? How did you set things up to, to be successful or, you know, in the long run, you ended up not being, tell, tell us, tell us how all that come about or what, what happened during that yep. period?
0: Yeah, they were. Oh, I think about seven months old when I got them. I actually, I got one first, and then it was about a month or two later I went and got the litter littermate. Uh, not sure why, but I did. Uh, and I, I hunted them on anything I could hunt them on to try to, you know, get them going to the trail, and, and I just wanted to hunt, and so. I started out it was uh pretty close to coon season and when that training season came in that's what I I I brought him out on coon with a I had a a friend of mine I hunt with a lot um he's got a couple nice blue ticks so I went with him quite a bit so I started those those uh young dogs out on you know taking them out on coon they saw a few trees. They never did tree. They saw a bunch on the ground. They did all right there, but th- that was about it for that. So I thought, well, you know, maybe they'll like a bear better. So we we tried on bear and never did run a bear with those dogs here myself. I uh, went through the winter and did have a couple short cat races with them and the blue ticks or blue tick at the time. And uh, so I was starting to get pretty frustrated at that point. And Brent said he'd uh, send them down to him and he'd run them. You know, he hunts a lot harder than I can. And he did it about six weeks. I would say he, he hunted them pretty hard. And like I said, they, they started out slow. They, then they kind of got to a point where they were, they were doing all right. Thought, thought they might make something. And then the, Got caught just one time and and that was it for' them. they didn't they didn't want to go back, so then I was starting all over again
1: so how long so from the time you got them till you decided these are not gonna pan out for me how long was that? How long was that that was a, that was about a year that was about a year of of taking them out on.
0: Anything I could get them on. Anything that was legal to run. So, yeah, well, they they did get a couple of porcupines, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> did you pull it. the quills? Yeah. Well, I hate those things. Yeah. I, I don't own a dog I haven't pulled quills out of yet.
1: First time I ever seen a porcupine, I was in New York hunting with a, a friend of mine, Rodney, and we had went in, well, ben, ben Gadway, uh, we had went into a place there across from Ben's house and turned loose, and the dogs went around this big, um, I guess you'd call it a, a swamp or a drainage, and ended up coming up on a little little knoll and pulling up tree. And we got in there, and there was a bear sitting up in the top of the tree, and it was a porcupine um, setting, I don't know, 10 foot up in the air i never seen a porcupine. I had no idea. I didn't know they could climb. I didn't I didn't know what they were doing. And anyway, we got in there and got the dogs tied back, and we were laughing about it. And I said, well, Rodney, I said, at least my dogs treat a bear. I said, you're just trashing on this porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> and I wished, you know, I wished I would have got a picture of that because um, that's something, you know, that you don't see or whatever. But that was my first encounter with a porcupine. And of course, we we laughed about it. And went on, but I'd never let him live that down. I always bring it up to him that his dogs were trashing on that yeah. porcupine, mice, and bear.
0: <laughs> that's funny. Uh, we didn't. Well, have, at least it was in
1: the tree. Well, we didn't. Ha- we don't have porcupines in Virginia, so I know mine didn't run it. That's what I told him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, that's right. <laughs> um, so you went through a year, and you sent the dog down to 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 BB's and he hunted them for you. And then, how did that conversation go? What What did you y'all decide? Um, what did y'all des- or what did you decide was the best thing? And then, then what took place? Well, I decided
0: it was. Oh, I decided I was ready to move on from them. They hadn't showed me enough for me to have any hope in them at that point. So I moved on and um, had located. Uh, couple other dogs from a couple of real good guys mm-hmm. uh, in East, in East Tennessee. And, uh, so I took a road trip. Mark actually went with me on that, I uh, took a road trip and met those some real good people and had a good time. And I, I came home with two male plots, uh, four year old and a seven year old, uh, the, the seven year olds that, you know, more of the trail dog does a nice job. And the four-year-old is, he's, he's got some nose, but he's more of a pack dog. And that's where I, that was this, I hunted with them starting this past season. So starting July 1st of 2022 is when I was hunting those dogs
1: starting. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. So yep. when you're, so you didn't treat nothing with the dogs. I, I want to backtrack a little bit. I think I've, I've missed some really good, um, things here. So when you, when you were hunting those dogs and you weren't training anything, um, I know because you and I've talked and, you know, you got really discouraged and what, what was going on, what was going through your mind and, you know, at what point were you at, um, Before you send them to BB's, like what, what, just, just kind of tell us about the process there.
0: Well, I thought I'd either just give them away or something and move on and, you know, maybe just, maybe just tag along with some other guys and hunt that way for a while with no, you know, with no dogs of my own. Mm -hmm. And, and then that's when, that was when Brent and I decided we'd, we'd give that route a try to send them down to him.
1: Hmm. But you had, um, you had told me a couple of times that you had really contemplated what you were even doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, there was more than once that I wondered why I was bothering and if, if I was going to continue, but, Luckily I had some good people just constantly telling me not to quit. Just don't give up. Mhm. And that just those those words, simple words, were really helpful, honestly. That
1: it yeah. made me kind of regroup and keep going. So why why was you contemplating giving up? I mean, just because you weren't catching bear or you know, were there other factors that was going on?
0: Well, it was it was that they weren't catching anything. Mm-hmm. It, it was almost like, I don't want to call it a waste, because it's never a waste to, to go out in the woods with dogs, but it started to feel that way just because of the situations, and it just it started to wear on me, I guess. Constant feeling of
1: failure. Well, I mean, you know, Man. think about it the money that goes into this the time and the effort you know we can say blood sweat and tears because we all know um the the sac I don't want to say sacrifices but the things that we do to do the things that we love um, Yeah. you know i i can you know i get it i we we spend a lot of time you know my vacation i mean i'm very i'm very blessed to be in a, in a job where i can take more time off than the average person the the reason is because i work 12-hour shifts and um we work 14 days a month on our schedule so if i take you know if i take two days vacation on my short week i have seven days off so i'm very fortunate that way but my vacation the majority of my vacation is scheduled for hunting um I do take family you know I do do the I take family trips but yeah I mean nothing we don't schedule anything during hunting season like you know that's a no no <laughs> you know mm-hmm. you know September December uh, we're going to be in the woods we're going to be chasing dogs or or doing something with the dogs um and you know that that takes a lot out of a family you've got to have um a spouse that's understanding and hopefully they're involved with you. So it doesn't put as much strain on that relationship because I've been on the other end of that too. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I get it. I mean, like I said, I, I, I totally get it. We've all been there. <clears throat> so you've got, yeah. What dogs, you know, if you want to elaborate on something then you know, please do.
0: Yeah. Well, just to kind of add to that a little bit to put it in perspective i would drive three hours one way you know two to three days a week and three hours back after week after week and with with no progress at all so it it was starting to make me really wonder why i was bothering you know i had a diesel truck at the time and with those fuel prices and I mean it was it was getting real expensive.
2: hmm
0: Frustrating and Yeah, so that's that was kind of what was building on the wanting to quit, I guess you can call it. Yeah. And yeah.
1: I think anybody that's uh, had hounds, um, you know, and this is the vision that I have in my head because I can remember one day early on that i was very frustrated <clears throat> i had i had i had my old frosty dog that was the first dog that i bought and i did the same thing as you i i bought him at 6 months old and he had been on several bear races um the, the guy that i got him from lance who i hunted with um i he'd been on several bear la- bear races and I took that I did the same thing you did. I took that dog out and hunted anything that would run up a tree with him. Uh, I didn't know any better. I'd drive around at night, me and some of my buddies, and we'd wait we'd try to find possums crossing the road, coons crossing the road, anything that would climb a tree, we throwed him out on it. And I hunted him, so that was the end of December was our end of our season. And back then bear were hard to come by. They're, they're it's not like it is now i mean we treed with phenomenal dogs we were treeing five bear a year in december now i'm not saying training season but in december and that was like you know amazing so i hunted him up till two or three years old before i ever caught a bear by myself and i remember sitting on a rock on, on this one section of the mountain that i hunted And asking myself the same question, like, Heath, what are you doing? Like, you're out here every day, you're walking your hind end off, you're feeding these dogs, you're you're hauling them around, and, you know, it was a struggle. And I did the same thing you didn't do, is I didn't quit, even though I was so discouraged at times that I wanted to quit. But I enjoyed the hound the hounds, the dogs so much that it kept me invested. So <clears throat> I think we all, I think all people, everybody listening to this podcast can relate to that and can actually go back through their memories and say, you know what? I've done that several times myself and you know, here's why. And then, you know, I've I was able to work out of those issues or situations or the dogs and move on and move forward and doing better. And here we are, you know, 20 years later, that's what you're going, you're going to look back, you know, 20 years from now. I was like, man, it's been, it's been a long ride, but I've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just Like you said,
0: you just you sit down on a stump or something and you'll just wonder why I'm missing all this time away from my wife and kids and work and, and what for? And then you'll get a the dogs will do just a little bit more and then you'll get a little more hope. It's, that's right. It's it was uh yeah, a roller coaster I guess of emotions.
1: Yeah. Still is. It is. Yeah. That's that's a part of that's part of hound hunting is you know, dogs are dogs are dogs. They have a mind of their own and they're gonna do the do the things that they wanna do. <laughs> So you got you got new dogs now, right? Yes, I do. All right, yep. tell 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 us a little bit. You you said you went and picked pick some up in Tennessee. Um, yep. Just kind of go through. How many How many do you have? I have four. Four now.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, actually, back up a little bit uh, at the tail end of that first season with the other dogs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, a friend had given me an an older dog. A real good rig dog and trail dog. He had, he had, let me hunt that dog mm-hmm. to, to try and get those other dogs, on some scent. But it was, it wasn't until late in the season I was able to hunt her much. And she act that season, she actually caught a bear by herself. Um, but she broke before I could get in there. She was eleven years old at the time. Mm-hmm. Eleven, maybe going on twelve. Um, So she couldn't hold it that long, but that was, that was fun that, and again, the other dogs still didn't do much.
1: They didn't go with her or stay with her?
0: Well, I, I didn't let them go with her right, right from the bait. We can run off bait here in Maine. Uh And so I was going to try to cut them in later. And when she, she got a couple hundred yards from the road and they just didn't, didn't seem real interested in going, so that was the one and only time I had an opportunity to that season uh, run that older dog. Mm-hmm. So um, the bait shut down after that. They shut down. Sometimes they shut down fairly early, mid to late October.
1: And is that because it's be hard food to source? find it there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Well, and y'all have some big country up there, too, so. Yeah. From what I remember when I was up there.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely some big country. So, uh, anyhow, I forgot to add that in, but, uh, yeah, so now I have some fresh dogs. new, Not fresh, newer, new-to-me dogs. All right. Well, um, I have the, the two I got from in Tennessee there. Mm-hmm. I I still have the uh, that old girl here. I don't I don't think she'll do much next year, but she's pretty spry, so I might. Um, we'll see when the time comes. I might try it anyways. She'll go out, you know, a few miles trail and go out a few miles, and then just come back on her backtrack when she gets tired. She won't make a whole race.
1: Is that the one you sent uh, me a picture of?
0: Yes. Okay. It is. Yep. I got you. Yep.
1: That's. That's the one and
0: um and I have a a year old dog now too, that um i got got same same friend mm-hmm. that loaned me the older girl there gave me a pop um, early August I guess it was I got him, and so that that puts me at four now the pop um he's been on a he's been on a couple bear races. He's tree when Brent was up there with his dogs,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I've had him on the ground a couple times with my two other males there. He's then, of course, I take him out and I I coon hunt him as much as I can. And cat season's coming in soon, so I plan to hunt him on those two.
1: Yeah. And what you so that was two the old dog and the pup
0: yep and then i got the seven-year-old male that he's a good trail dog um both uh both the older the seven-year-old and the four-year-old will rig they rig off the truck um so that's good that way and seven-year-old's a good trail dog he's he's pretty they're quite fast actually um both of them are and then uh Four-year-old's more of a a pack dog. He can mm-hmm. trail a little bit, but not not like the seven-year-old can.
1: So, so basically, you're running the three now. Yeah, yeah, and and exactly. will they they catch they catching game for you?
0: Well, the seven-year-old caught one. Well, I say caught. He was either walking it and baying it, or it was baying and breaking. I never did get in there to figure it out. Um, the seven-year-old caught one. I'm going to call it by himself there. And uh, the last day of the season, actually, where they treat a nice bear, but <laughs> it was about 300 yards on the ground. I wasn't supposed to be on, so
2: mm-hmm.
0: I couldn't. I couldn't shoot it out. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're uh, you know they're good solid running dogs. They're bear dogs, so they—they came from some some real good bear hunters that are treated me real well. I'm fortunate to have them. Um, but yeah, that's uh where I hunt. Just to kind of go back to not being able to get in there is—it's about a twenty thousand acre swamp, mm-hmm. and there's some spots that are pretty near in kind of in, it's it's just a mess in there. So he got down in there with that big bear. And by the time I was able to get in there, it had broke, and I don't know if it went out in the water, you know, across the deep water or what. But he was he was wandering around looking for it in there. He had been in there for a while too. He's worn out. He wasn't in real good shape. Uh, Brent Brent was actually with me that day.
2: Mm-hmm. That
0: was when. That was earlier this summer when he came up here to check things out. That was on that trip.
1: I got you. So, yep. Yeah. So, but, yeah. What? So let's let's get into the what has changed. Um, you know, we're talking about your your journey. What changed from the time that you got the first two dogs, and now you have, of course, the dogs make a big deal. I mean, taking. You know, eight-month-old dogs out and expecting them to treat game is hard. And now you've got dogs that have been run on bear, that know what bear are. So let's take the dogs out of the picture um, because that's the number one piece to the puzzle is having dogs that will actually catch the game. Um, So what has changed for you from three, four, three years ago, two years ago until now? what's been the biggest change um i would say
0: just listening i try to sit back and listen to people that i feel are you know knowledgeable and, and experienced so just picking people's brains over the last year and a half or so and bugging Mark and Brent with text messages just to learn as much as I can and you know even actively texting them while I'm running mm-hmm. to to see you know help figure things out because even with the good dogs it still isn't easy for me being green myself um, so knowledge and having having somebody that i can you know rely on to ask questions and insight knowledge um that i think that's a big difference between the first year and and last year just the, the, the first year i really was just going in the woods with two dogs and not knowing much about anything to be honest right and so I had a, I at least had some resource to go on. And another thing is having, getting our own area to run in really helped. Didn't have to, it allowed more opportunity because of the, the lease system in Maine that makes it tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It,
2: you know, I
0: had a few runs of moose and, had to deal with that, I think learning how to hunt the dogs you know all all that was just a cumulative learning curve, I guess I should say,
1: well, knowing so, both of the individuals that you've spoke of, you've got a lot of experience with those two guys um, you know, and I've said it before. You know, BB hunts hard, and you know when I was down there and was and spent some time with Doug, and that Doug is kind of BB's mentor and been his, you know, guidance. I don't, I don't know anybody personally. I don't know anybody personally that hunts as hard and as much as Doug. um I was down there, like I said, I was back down there and for their for their season, their North Carolina season a couple of weeks ago, and. You know, we were sitting there eating breakfast and talking and, you know, Doug hunts, I mean, basically from March, April, all the way back to March and April. And if he's not running bear dogs, they're running cat. And he's got a fox pen and they're running. I mean, they have dogs loose 12 months a year. And that having somebody with that much of knowledge is invaluable. I mean, it's just, you know, it doesn't matter that it's a bear dog or a cat dog or a, a coyote dog. Uh, you know, dogs are dogs, and yes, they do a little bit different stuff for us, but just being out with them and, you know, all the time that they spend with them. But anyway, kind of going down a rabbit hole there, but they they hunt hard, and, you know, you've got a really good a really good mentor in Mark, very knowledgeable, a very good woodsman. And, you know, that that's going to lead you places that you, like I said, in, in years, you're going to look back at this and say, holy cow, you know, how did I get here? And hopefully, yeah. <clears throat> um, hopefully, you'll be able to pay it forward you'll be able to take somebody young under your wing and and give them the same you know guidance that some you know people are helping you with i mean i think that's a big thing that are that the that houndsmen us as houndsmen should be doing yeah (laughs) i hope i can someday i hope i do have that chance someday so how did you and mark Um, and bb cross paths that's a that's a question we haven't went through
0: Well, uh Brent and I actually we have a mutual friend that I went to high school with actually. He moved down to Virginia just out of high school to train to train uh dogs. I don't I can't remember what he was training. Anyhow, um uh, and he had he had met Brent at one point. So, long story short, Jesse moved up back up here and you know, we got talking, and when I got the first two dogs, he said, oh, he said, you'd like my friend Brent. You know, he hunts hard. So I was like, well, I like learning, listening to people. Let's hook me up. So I just called Brent one day, and it's kind of gone from there. Uh, another funny thing is the outfit that that first year that my uh, hunting buddy and I Got uh, worked out a deal with to hunt, you know, on his leases because, like I said, with the lease system in Maine, that ended up being the guy that Brent comes up and hunts for. So it's just Mm. kind of a small world how that worked out.
2: Yeah, very much so.
0: Yeah, and I, um, so I ended up that first year I hunted with Brent um, two weeks, but only three days of each week. But it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot just in that little bit. And uh, Mark actually is, um, I happen to know a guy that worked for the guide service Mark ran for at the time. So he kind of said, well, I think you'd like him, you know, because I was interested in the plots and stuff. So, I got his number from him and called Mark out of the blue and, you know, talked and it's just kind of going from there.
1: Yeah. And so, and do you, do you get to hunt with Mark or are y'all just friends and you do your thing and he just kind of gives you guidance?
0: Well, so I went with him, um, training season, not last year, the year before. And we had intended to hunt together last season some, but um, just situations didn't work out between my wife's grandfather being sick and uh, Mark's different situations with guiding different areas. And Mm -hmm. some foolish guy thought he could drive his truck through a river.
1: Tell us that that, story, because that You know, when I seen the picture, I'm like, my Lord, how many times have I done, I I haven't been in that situation, but I've been in similar situations to you way too many times. Well,
0: the area I hunt is kind of split by a, a, I'm going to call it a river. It's 25, 30 feet wide and it's passable most of the time and so we were, it was early, early on. We'd just put the baits out and none had been hit yet. So we were just riding the roads rigging and we had one last road to hit and it was the one across the river. Now I can go out, hit the paved road, and go out around six or eight miles and back in. Well, I didn't really want to do that. So they had got some rain. I pulled up to the stream there. And I was like, well, it does look a little deeper than, you know, than last time, but it it doesn't look that bad. So I started to pull in a little bit. And by the time I decided it was a little too deep, I hit the brakes to put it in reverse. That current got under the truck and pulled it right in. I didn't open the door, so I... I jumped out the window and climbed up onto the roof of the truck and down onto the dog box and grabbed my my tie outs and pinned them out and got all the dogs out and hooked up just in case the just I didn't know how stable the truck was, if it would keep going down the stream or not. So got all the dogs tied out and and uh waited for help to arrive basically.
1: Now, was that during one of your times of what am I actually doing, or was that during a, a, a period where you were getting your footing and everything you you've seen progress made
0: yeah that was that was at a time I was feeling pretty good about stuff and and that, I didn't know if I'd ever hunt again after that <laughs> to be honest, it was uh I was an expensive mistake. And
2: <laughs> to take yeah. some
0: time off and get that get that fixed and and uh <laughs> my poor wife she puts up with an awful lot so it's
1: well like i said before was, it, uh, it takes a it takes a very understanding partner that's for sure
0: yeah she she she's not always thrilled about my adventures but she's been really really good she's a a real good wife and mother so that helps a lot but I I did have to wonder if that might be the end of my hunting for the hounds for a bit (laughs) yeah uh, but that's all past now water under the bridge (laughs) so that was That was, uh, that ate up. I lost quite a bit of hunting time because of that, being out of vehicle and just all the chaos with it. Uh, But, so, Mark hunts that same area some. So I did, he had a client that uh, got a bear, and I did uh, actually hiked in from the other side and helped them pack it out. So that that was fun, got to do that. Help, help! You know, help them get their bear out of the woods.
2: Mm-hmm. Give
0: them a ride back around.
1: That was that was a lot of fun that day. So, <clears throat> so you've went from six month old pups, eight month old pups, to wandering around in the woods for basically a year, uh, asking mm-hmm. yourself, you know what what am I doing? To, you know, you run into BB, you get some some guidance he tries you know he helps you out you know you've you've made a a good friend in in mark and you have you've got some dogs now that have uh, got promise so what is your goals what what is your goals for this upcoming year like what do, what is your what do you want to accomplish by the end of season like what what's going to satisfy you and say okay this i'm making progress
0: Well, I would say my biggest limiting factor on bear hunting is time, you know, time to hunt. So like I said, my, the running grounds are three hours one way and I drive back and forth every time. Mm -hmm. So my goal is to, I want to make the most out of what time I can hunt, if that makes sense. I. I need to work, learn to hunt with my dogs more. You know, um, I had a few times where I had some losses. The dogs had made some losses and I couldn't figure out what was going on. I'd pick them up and look for another one. Well, and after talking to, talking to Bren and, and or Mark, it was probably the dogs just took it backwards. And had I, walk them the other way they probably would have carried on just fine Mm -hmm. so uh, working on myself is is one of my major goals for for this season and um of course i'm excited to see what that pup turns into i'd like to get him i hope he turns in turns out good um and i'll hunt i'll try all the dogs on cat um like I said, it comes in Thursday, but we don't have snow yet. So, you kind of traditionally here we look for a track in the snow and mm-hmm. and turn out on it. So, that's that's where my hunting with the dogs will start again. Is the the cat? So,
1: and you'll yeah, you uh, talk, mentioned to me before you're gonna you're gonna cat hunt him and coon hunt him and just continue yeah. to keep him busy
0: yeah exactly mm-hmm. so that pop I'll I'll hunt I'll hunt him on anything I can like like I said before just my thought on that is any chance he has to trail or tree or bay something is ten thousand times better than him sitting in the kennel waiting for bear season alone
2: mm-hmm.
0: so that that's my thoughts on that and I'll try those other dogs on cats I I don't believe they've ever run a cat, but
1: it, it's worth a try. Right. So, yeah. Well, I mean, keeping them in the woods and keeping them busy. I mean i I used to I don't do it as much, but I used to you know get my young dogs started on coon and I'd, I'd hunt them until they were running and treeing on their own, and then kind of switch them off. That's kind of what I did. And our lack of season here, uh you know, it makes it hard for us. You know. Mark and I had that conversation that it's hard for us to get a dog completely trained until they're four years old because just the time. I mean, you get you basically get three months a year, and during those three months, you know, there's bad weather days, there's rain days, there's days you can't go. So if you take 90 days, and I'm just throwing numbers out there, if you take 90 days and you subtract 20 of them, you know, you've got 70 days, and who's got that much vacation time? You know what I'm saying? So it, it's really hard when you start breaking down numbers to to train a dog in, you know, 90 days of hunting a year. So I, I used to spend a lot of time with mine, you know, in the off season. And I still do. I, I still do a lot of groundwork with mine, like loading and leading and, you know, riding in the truck, you know, my pups. In fact, we had pups out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, just we took a hike and took a couple of them. Uh, so stuff like that, uh, just keeping them out and keeping them busy. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna make that you're gonna be head and shoulders above where you you were at by just doing those things.
0: Yeah, I I do all that stuff too. I mean, it. I get all the dogs out of the kennel a few times a week and just take them for a walk. You know, mm-hmm. just strap the collars on them and let them run. Yeah, oh, it seems to help <clears throat> keep a keep a good handle on them.
1: That's that's exactly right, and I mean you can see when you know when you're out and you can see who spends time with their dogs and who doesn't. Um, you know I, I'm gonna give a shout out to George Lambert. You know he he posts a lot of YouTube videos. He's posted some stuff on our the Houndsman XP podcast page, he puts out some really good content and you can tell that he spends time with his dogs, you know, and you, if you watch, if you, if you sit back and watch, you'll be able to pick those guys out. And that's the guys that I want to learn and listen and, and be able to get knowledge from.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so Brandon I don't I miss
1: ahead. a lot of stuff. Uh yeah.
0: No, you're good. Yeah, I miss I miss a fair amount of stuff. I'm not the only social media I participate in at all is like, is to go wild there. I mean I'm not I'm not on Facebook or anything mm-hmm. like that. So Right. I don't see a lot of a lot of different people's stuff. I guess I miss out that way, but I just like to Try and stick to myself as much as possible, and not deal with any of that drama.
1: Yeah, I'm with so, you. Yeah. So yeah. as as we wrap this up, if you were going to tell somebody that was just getting into hunting, and are and struggling, what would be some advice that you've you that you have been given or that you have learned? You know, you've been doing this, You've been doing the hounds for years, right?
0: Yeah, uh, no, it'd be about two and
1: a half, I guess. Two and a half.
0: With the, okay. With the yeah, a lot longer if you count the beagles. Right.
1: So but, two and a half, three yeah. years. You've been running hounds. Like I said, you started off rough. We had no guidance. Basically, you were, you know, to put it in layman's terms, you were one wandering around in the woods aimlessly because you didn't know. Yeah. And, exactly. So, what advice would you give to somebody that's starting out? and is struggling and don't know what to do. Well, I first thing I guess
0: I would say is see if you can find somebody that does know what to do that is willing to to work with you and give you advice, you know, even if it's just a phone call or a text message or or what have you and and just don't give up. Just keep trying. Um, on as much as you can. Cause I think that's the only way you're going to be successful is to be in the woods and try to, if you have a family, make sure you put them first also.
1: That's, that's a, I, that's a hard I balance, made, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I made that mistake for quite a while. That's uh. That's something I need. I needed to get. Well, that's a goal for next year too. So I didn't uh, didn't always do great in that aspect, and so just like they've told me, don't quit,
1: don't give up. So a big a quote from John Maxwell, which is um, I read a lot of his books and stuff. John Maxwell said that you can never fail if you don't quit. But if you quit, you're going to fail inevitably. So if you don't quit, don't give up. Keep pushing, keep driving, you know, reach out, try to find some help and get, get, Get somebody that will take you under the wing and help you or at least give you guidance. And, you know, R- Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, like we talked about earlier, <clears throat> I went from the time that I bought my first bear dog, which was Frosty at six months old. It was all, He was probably right at three years old before I ever treated my first bear. And I'm going to tell you, I can't tell you the pair of boots that I wore out. I can't tell you how many how much walking I done. I can't tell you how much driving around. I, I mean it. It was a, it was a process, and I can tell you the first bear that he actually treed, and I can tell you the last bear that he treed, and they were both in the same area, and, you know, it was. I mean, it was like winning the lottery for me that I had put in two hard years. Of hunting and walking and hunting and walking. Now, yes, if I went with somebody else that had bear dogs, you know, Frosty was always he was always there. He'd run a tree with them. What no, you know, question like that. But for to go out and do it by myself, uh, it was a it was a two and a half year ordeal, and I still wasn't good at it. I I tree a bear here and there. I wasn't treeing ten a year for no means. I was treeing maybe two three, and. You know, as as I got better dogs and I started learning, just kind of what you're saying, you know, things started to um, get better and better and better, and you know, I, it can just continued. But yeah, I mean, it don't you can't ex, you can't expect success overnight unless you have the money to go out and buy you. Two or three, you can buy two really, really good dogs, and you're you're going to catch bear. But most of us are not in that in that shape to do that. So take your time and enjoy enjoy the process, and understand that you know it's okay to fail. And the mistakes that you made, Brandon, you know that you and I talked about before, like you learn from those mistakes and you won't do those again. Just like you said, you picked the dogs up and went on with them instead of, you know, maybe walking in the other direction. I guarantee you this year when that happens, you're going to turn right around and start walking in the other direction and see what happens, aren't you?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm not a very patient person by nature. So that's, that's definitely something I got to work on. Let the dogs work.
1: Yes, you know? we all, um, we all are bad about that because we want that instant gratification. You know, we want we want the dogs to come off the truck screaming and down over the mountain, and you know, get treed. You know, dogs start picking a track later in the season, and they're picking and picking and picking, and you know, we we get aggravated, and we go down and we get right in the middle of them and, you know, okay, well, I'm just going to call my dog off of this instead of, you know, letting that dog work. I'm guilty as anyone. I do better with it. I catch myself, and I don't get as rushed as I used to. But I think we all have that, that inkling to to do that. <clears throat> and, you know, probably sometimes we're doing our dogs just, just a disjustice because we're not giving them the time and the opportunity so yeah yeah
0: i agree i mean there was a there was a time when brent was up this year uh he had all the clients had tagged out and him and i decided to run together a day and he put two dogs down and i put one down and my the guy i run with there put one down and they milled around and they they went off and i'd say three quarters of a mile out my dog split his dogs went down treed the bear and there I sat without a dog on the tree and I was kind of irritated I was trying to figure out what what my other dog was running ended up being a moose and had to address that
2: Mm -hmm.
0: so you know I'm naturally I'm a little irritated I you know I wanted my dogs in there on that hemmed and hawed and started going into the tree and and uh something it ended up calling the dogs out on accident, actually, by by trying to call another dog in. It's kind of a messed up thing. So I'm all irritated. And Brent told me, he said, you don't sit there and sulk and complain about it. You take your dogs and you walk back in there and find where the bear went. So mm-hmm. there. Kind of hit home a little bit. So that's what I had to do.
1: That's right. Never,
0: never did find it again, but I mean, we spent a solid couple hours walking dogs down in that swamp to try to find the track again. And just little things like that. like so would have found the track just as easily as not, you know, you mm-hmm. never
1: know. You never know if you so, don't try, right? Yeah. You,
0: like you just said, you, you won't get anywhere if you don't try.
1: Yep. So. Well, Brandon, I appreciate That's you telling a good us. Good example. Yeah. I appreciate you telling us a little bit of your story. And, you know, the next time you and Mark come through Virginia, you drive right through me to get to Tennessee. I expect you guys to stop and get lunch or supper. So. I'm just putting that out there. Don't come down this way without stopping because you drive right through where I'm at. Well,
0: you, you might want to be careful. Mark has a habit of driving around with a rattlesnake in the back
1: seat. so. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> well, he can leave that wherever he's going. That's what he can do.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, we
1: certainly would like to do that. So, And, and hopefully that this year... Um, I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to get up um, for at least a week, and you know run with run run with with you guys and uh, see what see what happens up there. It's a pretty good drive, but I'm I'm gonna try to make I'm gonna try to fit that into my schedule this year. So hopefully our paths will cross that way, and like I said, we can sit down and talk about dogs all day. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. So- Again, Brandon, thank you for spending your time with us and telling us a little bit about your story. And, you know, I hope that the guys and girls that are listening to this that are struggling or are are struggling or going to struggle, don't quit. Don't give up. Keep, Keep after it. You may have to change what you're doing. You may have to change some dogs. But it can always get better. It just depends on the time that you put into it. So you guys keep teaching, training, and learning.